The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on October 13, 2013, based on Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God, through which the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith to look forward to our Savior's coming again, is Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow, the hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Chicago, 1920s. Bootlegging, speakeasies, gambling, mob hits, bribery. Al Capone had his fingers in it all of it there. And yet, even though everyone knew his hands were dirty, the government did not have the evidence to convict him. Then Frank Wilson from the IRS discovered a ledger from 1924 that the police had confiscated years earlier. That book, that ledger, along with other paper trails, showed profits and payments that had never been reported to the IRS. With the book opened, the court was convened, and Al Capone, in 1932, was sentenced to prison for tax evasion. Courts need evidence. An earthly court struggled to have enough evidence and reliable evidence. But the courtroom of the Ancient of Days has all the evidence. For the Ancient of Days knows everything from the beginning until the end. For he is the Eternal One. Nothing escapes his notice. When his books are opened, the court is convened, and the evidence is clear. Yes, he judges justly. He brings justice, sure justice, against his adversaries. That's part one today. And he brings surprising justice for his people. Part two. The Ancient of Days convenes his court. Daniel writes, As I looked. Those opening words of the text really take place in the middle of a night vision that the Lord had given to Daniel. Before this, in this dream, Daniel had seen the sea churning. And what came out of that churning, uh, tempestuous sea? Four beasts in succession. The first was a lion with eagle's wings. Then came a bear raised up on one side with three ribs in its mouth. Next came a leopard 
with four wings and four heads, and finally came a ferocious, terrifying beast with iron teeth and ten horns. Later on, Daniel is told that these four beasts are four nations that will rise out of the earth. And from history, we see that uh, these beasts match the character of the Babylonian, Media Persian, Greek, and Roman empires. Daniel was living during the time of that first empire, Babylon, and as strong as Babylon appeared, it would fall, and another empire, another beast would rise to take its place, and it too would fall, and so on. And still today, dear friends, we see nations rise and fall. In our country, the political winds shift every election cycle. Political optimism can at times lift our spirits while a chain of bad news puts us down into the dumps, making us wonder how bad things might get. Debt ceilings, budget deficits, government shutdowns, conflicts and wars. Yes, we look at the nations rising and falling and see that there is that constant constant change. Don't build your hopes on who the next president might be or on how the economic conditions might change or when times are good, don't think they'll always stay good and, and when times are bad. When our country goes from bad to worse, Don't give up in despair. Rather, rather remember the ancient of days. For although those beasts came and went, though nations rise and fall, the ancient of days remains the same. For he is the Lord, the eternal I am. He is beyond time and all its limitations. Yes, time like an ever-rolling stream bears each of us away. But the Ancient of Days remains the same. He rules the nations. And he knows what is going on. And when the books are open, his court convenes. And he will judge the nations with that sure, unfailing justice. The wicked will not escape his punishment. The nations that have raged against Christ will be called to account. It is all there. When the books are opened, his justice against his adversaries is sure and certain. But it doesn't look that way, does it? We look at the paper, we we look at the news, and we might well ask, say to ourselves, it doesn't look like he's in control. But appearances can be deceiving. Think back to Jesus' time here on this earth. Who looked like he was the one in control? Picture Jesus standing there before Pilate. How did things appear then? Jesus looked weak, weary, beaten, 
All the power seemed to be there in Pilate's political hands. But all that was happening was unfolding according to the goodwill and purpose of the Ancient of Days. This was the Lord's saving plan from before the creation of the world. This was his plan to save sinners through the weakness of the cross. And so, dear Christian friends, dear fellow followers of the crucified, take heart. Yes, in this world we will see those endless cycles of nations rising and falling, but they aren't endless cycles, are they? The Ancient of Days will convene his court. The books will be opened. The wicked will be judged. He brings sure justice against his adversaries. Take heart your Christian friends. And rather than the worries that fill us when we see the endless comings and goings of the world around us, place those worries in the hands of the crucified, your Savior's nail-pierced hands, and build your hopes on what he has already done for you. You can be sure, you can be sure of his love and his care and his help. You can be sure of it because the Ancient of Days convenes his court and he does that with justice. A sure justice against his adversaries but a surprising justice for his people. Let's go back to that trial of Al Capone back in 1932. There was nothing sure about what would happen in that courtroom. In fact, the prosecutors wanted to make a deal just to get some sort of concessions out of Al Capone, but the judge wouldn't have that. And as the time of trial came closer, Capone became more and more sure that he'd get off scot-free because he had figured out who the jurors would be and had made sure that some of them would not vote against him. But what a surprise when that court was convened and Judge Wilkinson switched the jury. What about when the Ancient of Days convenes his court? Will we be surprised? Well, let's consider how the Ancient of Days is described in the text here. It says, His clothing was as white as snow, the hair of his head was white like wool, His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. He judges justly, for he is holy. The the white clothing and white hair symbolize that holiness. Picture the blinding blaze of sunlight bouncing off fresh snow. So white, so pure, so unapproachable, we can't look. We have to hide our eyes. Such holiness. He judges justly. For he is filled with burning zeal. He's not a lazy judge or or a half-hearted judge that simply puts in his time. He doesn't grow tired or weary or looks mis- misplaces any of the evidence. 
Rather, the greatness of his might and the heights of his wisdom flow out like a fiery river burning with zeal for good. Nothing will stop his justice. And then we look at our record, our hearts, our lives. How could we ever stand in his courtroom? He is the Ancient of Days. He knows all things. Our hearts lie there exposed with each and every one of those spots and stains and sins. It would be no surprise at all to hear him condemn us to death and hell. Is that what we will hear? Is that the verdict that will come when the books are open? That's what we deserve. And that is what we will get if we stand there and plead our own case. That is what we will get if we point to our works, our efforts, our good intentions. Is that what you will do? Or will you leave it to Jesus Christ, the righteous one, to speak in your defense? Now, He's a very different kind of attorney. A very surprising attorney. He doesn't try to present you in the best light. Or explain away the evidence against you. No, in fact, he begins by entering a full confession. Your full confession of the wrong you've done. But then he pleads to the judge, saying, I, Jesus, have sacrificed myself for all these sins on that record. For I carried all the sins of the whole world to the cross, satisfying divine justice, turning away God's anger, atoning for sin. My blood erases the record of wrong. What a surprising tactic, you might say. What a surprising argument and pleading. But it is what Jesus says in our defense. And so as we stand there in God's courtroom, justice, a very surprising justice is carried out. For you see back there at the cross the justice of God was satisfied. Jesus truly paid for all sins. God punished each and every sin without compromising his holiness or his righteous zeal. All that was accomplished there at the cross so that when it comes to us sinners, the Bible declares we are justified. That means acquitted, declared not guilty. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. For the guiltless one, Jesus Christ, took the place of us, the guilty. 
His resurrection declares that verdict so we don't have to wait for the courtroom. We don't have to wait for the last day and wonder what it will be. We don't need to be surprised. For Jesus' resurrection declares this verdict. And we see that God is both just, for he has punished sin, and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ. What a surprise. And so as we stand there in God's courtroom, we call to heart his promises. For example, in Isaiah 43, he says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions and remembers your sins no more. That's what he has done for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Savior. And so when the books are open, all of our sins have been blotted out, erased. Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law. That means that he kept it perfectly. His righteousness measures up to God's standards. And that's what's been entered in the book for you and me. As we stand in God's courtroom, we don't point to our works, but to the works of Jesus Christ and his righteousness, for they count as your record. And as we live our lives in this faith that looks to Jesus Christ and to God's promises, that pleads God's promises in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, then our lives become a thank offering that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And what a surprise that is too. For when we look at our lives, we know that even the best we do is still tainted and and, and stained by our sin. Jesus' blood purifies our works and actions so that when they come from a heart of faith, God accepts them, welcomes them, is well pleased with you for Jesus' sake. And that's why on the last day, when we stand before Jesus, he will point to those works of love and kindness that we have done. He will point to those acts of service that we have shown to even the least because we know how our Redeemer has served us. He will point to them not saying, well, this is why I'm saving you, but he will point to them as the evidence that shows the faith that is alive in our hearts and say to you, come, you who are blessed by my Father, Come into the inheritance prepared for you since the creation of the world. And if it sounds too good to be true, if it sounds too surprising that the holy, just God, that the Ancient of Days would welcome sinners like you and me into heaven because of of Jesus, think of another book. Not a book of deeds, but the book of life. This book does not record works or actions. It records only names. Names written in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Revelation calls the book of life the book of the Lamb who was slain. It also calls it the book from the creation of the world, for before the beginning of time, the Ancient of Days wrote your name and mine in that book. 
He wrote it there not because of anything we have done or would do, but because of his goodwill and gracious purpose. He wrote it in the book due to the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And so we need not be surprised, but rather we live by faith that knows that no one can snatch us out of our Savior's hands, that our names are written in the book of life, and that as we stand before the Ancient of Days, we will hear our Savior say to us, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, all because of Jesus' blood. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.